This is episode 577 of the AWS podcast, released on March 27, 2023. Here at the AWS podcast, we really do love to get your feedback. One place you can do it is off the podcast page where there's a button that says submit questions and feedback, and you can record audio and send it to us which is pretty cool. We do love to listen to it. We love to share it when you give us permission to as well. Please give it a go. We'd love to hear from you. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. All right, this is the AWS podcast and we've got a really interesting topic today about AWS clean rooms with Encore. So Encore, tell us more about who you are and AWS clean rooms. Sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Ankur Agarwal. I lead product for AWS Clean Rooms. I'm going to be talking all about it today. So uh, I've been with uh, AWS for about five and a half years across the two ten years that I've had. I recently came back to AWS well, last year to build AWS Clean Rooms. And before that, I had uh, helped launch a couple of other AWS products all within a theme of how can we enable data collaborations, how do we use data to improve decision-making. I helped launch a product called AWS Code Guru. I helped launch a product called AWS Data Exchange, which is our third-party data marketplace. And, I'm, and I went to Meta for a couple of years where I saw some of the challenges that we are now trying to solve with AWS Clean Room. So I was really excited when I heard from one of my colleagues that uh, something like this was in the works and I, just jumped on the opportunity and I'm, I'm back here and I'm really excited to talk about AWS Clean Rooms. Mm, so you gave us a little bit of a teaser of what Clean Rooms is based on maybe your previous experience. So tell people more about what is Clean Rooms. First, so AWS Clean Rooms is all about helping our customers collaborate with their partners without having to share underlying raw data with one another. And like most things at Amazon, it was built to address customer needs. As we were talking to customers, we learned that there was a desire to improve decision-making by generating insights from data available from different partners. But the existing mechanisms to do that were either not secure or just weren't easy to execute. Like think of moving data through file transfer protocols or emailing CSVs about customer data or having processes that are not repeatable or managed. And the end result was often that either customers did not collaborate outside of their organizations or used less secure ways of doing that. The other common theme that we saw among these customers was that they were already storing their data on AWS Cloud. So we asked ourselves, how can we build a data collaboration service that allows customers to collaborate securely while addressing some of the pain points associated with doing so? So AWS Clean Rooms is, uh, is our attempt at doing that. There are many use cases across retail, CPG, financial services, healthcare, and many other industries where secure data collaboration can lead to better outcomes. Take advertising and marketing use cases, for instance, where brands, media publishers, and partners need to collaborate using data sets that are stored across many different channels and applications to improve the relevance of ad campaigns and better engage with customers. In retail and CPG industries, Brands want to collaborate with their retailers to learn insights about customer characteristics across different channels. In financial services, banks want to create collaborations to enrich data from external sources to, say, detect fraud. So across many industries, customers want to be able to collaborate 
oftentimes between global and local regional teams as well. And they prefer to limit data movement as much as possible. And AWS Clean Rooms enable customers to do that. I'm a solutions architect, so anything that helps people be able to do things in a more secure way, I'm just such a fan of. Um, <laughs> so question that I have really is there's definitely people, and I know there's probably people who would be emailing me right now, and, and they're at this point where they're thinking about, okay, do I build this myself or do I use clean rooms? So what advice do you have? What are some things that they should be thinking about as they're making this decision for themselves? Yeah, so generally what I see is that there are few different options uh, if you've identified that there is a need for you to collaborate using data from outside your organization. There are manual mechanisms of sharing data, things like file transfer protocols or FTPs as they're better known as, or sending emails marked as confidential. These often don't meet the regulatory requirements around sharing data and are quite risky as they involve exchanging sensitive data over wire. Secondly, there are also off-the-shelf clean room alternatives, such as setting up a shared storage location, which with access control policies and perhaps using some sort of encryption, but these are often hard to use and require sharing raw data to enable a collaboration. You're relying on good intentions, you're relying on contractual obligations, but oftentimes not built-in mechanisms to limit sharing in the first place. And, and finally, what we see is that companies, some companies try to build their own clean rooms, but we found that they're actually really hard to build. <laughs> We've spent a, uh, you know, a good amount of time building these. They require complex privacy controls, understanding of how different um, analysis could impact and, and leak data, for instance. Uh, there are specialized tools to protect each participant's data. And before customers know, they've spent months of development time just customizing you know, these tools and building analytics around it. And when a new collaboration member is added or a different type of analysis is, is needed, companies have to spend even more development time. So really what we're seeing is that at a high level, there are two things to keep in mind. One is it's important to keep in mind the worst case scenario that can happen with using a particular solution to collaborate and understand how much of data is actually moving. And then secondly, are you relying on best intentions or using solutions that provide privacy mechanisms to limit sharing data in the first place? So that was our thesis for building a more managed solution for deploying data clean rooms. And we've made it really easy to do that. That was one of the things that we wanted to do with AWS clean rooms is to demystify data clean rooms. Prior to AWS Clean Rooms, it could take you several weeks or months to set up your first data clean room. And now you can go to AWS Management Console and, and start experimenting with data clean rooms pretty easily. So those are some of the considerations and, and why we built AWS Clean Rooms. I think it really helps to really see what the options are and for people to get a sense of how difficult it is to really build this, especially when you start in AWS and you're thinking about maybe if you're starting a new business or you're building out features and you have to start planning, going really deep into IAM. <laughs> That's really what a lot of this, and there's so, and of course there's other, the encryption as well, but I guess really deep into the IAM policies. And I have my yet, my five and a half years as being a solutions architect here to AWS, I've yet to hear someone say, oh, I just 
I just love getting really deep in IAM policies. <laughs> and it sounds like you've, <laughs> you've, yes, of course, people will still be using IAM, but there's so much additional abstraction that I imagine that is taken away from that, that the users don't have to actually really be thinking about. Absolutely. I, I think you just said it really nicely. IAM is a really important tool but it's something that customers want easy ways to both understand the implications and be able to configure properly. And those things are often at odds with one another. And what we've done with AWS Cleanrooms, we've built privacy at the very heart of AWS Cleanrooms. And there are built-in mechanisms that are within the AWS Cleanrooms interface that allow you to limit the sharing. For instance, AWS Cleanrooms provides, you know, you can select different types of analysis rules when you associate your data in AWS Cleanrooms. Like there is analysis rules type of aggregation or list. Um, so you can use aggregation analysis rule type to ensure that the analysis in the clean room will never output any row level data. So that's not a restriction you're going and applying on IAM on your data tables. That's something that you're doing in AWS Cleanrooms. And it's easy for you to understand as you're creating a clean room that you want this data table to only ever output aggregated statistics. You never want you know, row-level data to be queried using this table. And once you do that, let's say you picked an aggregation type analysis rule, then you can get really fine-grained about exactly how you want columns in that data table to be used within a collaboration. You can say that you want a certain column to only be used for count distinct, and, and you can set output restrictions to say that each row should aggregate to a specific number before it can be outputted. So a lot of these controls we've built into AWS Cleanrooms. So customers can easily configure these controls on their data tables. And uh, that is outside of IAM uh, in a way that we believe is, is easy to use. And then there is also query logging that customers can use to audit the queries that are run within a collaboration. So there is a lot of interfaces with IAM. We, for instance, we get a, a very specific and scoped down role on your data table so that we can run analysis on it. It's read only, it's only accessing data at the time analysis is run. But we try to abstract as much as possible while making sure that there is some friction, which is good friction, so that customers know exactly how their data is used and within a collaboration. And then there is cloud trail. So CloudTrail contains details on exactly which service is accessing their you know, customers' data. So I think these things taken together, really we believe is a good balance between abstracting some of the complexity of IAM and, and ensuring that there is still fine-grained access possible within AWS Cleanrooms. I think you just made someone's day. <laughs> by saying that, <laughs> that they don't have to get really deep into the weeds of IAM right now. But as they're thinking about if they wanted to build out a clean room themselves, or they've been trying to work on this problem for months now. So another question about clean rooms um, is it's just a read-only version, or maybe you get to choose the control of that data. The data is not actually being moved, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The data is not being moved, and we're not creating any copy of the data. We don't store customers' data that is associated with, with an AWS clean rooms uh, collaboration. So yeah. That's right. All right. Encore. So I have to ask, as a solutions architect, what are some best practices that customers should be thinking about as they're using clean rooms? And I think it'd be helpful if you 
give this explanation with respect to some use cases so that these people can start to think more clearly about what are best practices that apply to them. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to share. There's definitely a lot of buzz around data clean rooms in general. And as a result, I see a lot of experimentation as well as a desire to move production workloads quickly on on AWS clean rooms. Um, There's a broad range of where customers are in this journey of understanding or adoption of data clean rooms. But broadly speaking, there are three types of customers that I engage with most commonly. The first is customers who are experimenting with data clean rooms as a new mechanism. They've heard about them. Data clean rooms make sense to them theoretically, but there isn't always an identified use case. So there's a lot of ideation around new ideas. And I love these conversations for that reason, because this ideation is unbounded. We were just talking to a beverage company that wanted to establish a consortium for other breweries to share aggregate data with one another on optimum brewing parameters without revealing their business critical data or privacy sensitive data about their customers. So I thought that was really cool. And then the second type of customers are those that have a use case identified and quickly want to establish a proof of concept or POC, say in financial services at investment companies where customers may not want to share their individual positions with one another, but may want to benefit from aggregated insights into how many other funds have a position in the same investment. So we're seeing a lot of interest in these types of use cases, advertising and marketing industry, where customers want to create unique experiences using collective data, like activating an existing set of loyalty customers from data that is owned by brands on a social media publisher's website without having to share consumer data. And thirdly, there are customers who have an established understanding of what clean rooms can do for them, and they're eager to move their production workloads on on clean rooms. For instance, understanding return on advertising spend is one of the golden metric that is critical for business decisions in advertising and marketing. Now, the data required to calculate this often lives with different companies. And customers who have either relied on less secure means for measuring cross-platform attribution are quickly moving to data clean rooms for for these types of use cases. And this is a real need that we're seeing customers moving their production workloads quickly to AWS clean rooms and clean rooms in general. So what I'm seeing is that there's a lot of people that are graduating from bucket one to bucket two, where they've ideated on some of these interesting ideas, and now they're eager to have a POC with some of their partners. And I'm also seeing a lot of interest among customers in the third bucket to really accelerate their adoption of clean rooms to create a more secure collaboration outcome for their business needs. So that's that's how I would segment customers. And in terms of best practices, I think the first thing is to really not wait for the perfect use case. I think you can start small, create a sample data to familiarize yourself with some of the key concepts. Anyone with an AWS account can go to the AWS management console and start experimenting with data clean rooms. And then because we have a lot of privacy controls and many guardrails in place, but at the end of the day, it's relying on shared responsibility models. So definitely familiarizing yourself with the privacy control is a great idea. And then uh, the last thing I would say here is that AWS clean rooms can be very easily integrated with existing workflows through APIs and CLIs. So definitely think about how you would want to automate the analysis or 
use the results in downstream analysis. AWS CleanRooms provides a powerful tool, but we also see customers wanting to use CleanRooms analysis or use the output of the analysis and feed it into many different systems to create an end-to-end -end use case. So definitely think about that as you're thinking about your CleanRooms use cases. So those are a couple of things that I would suggest. I personally like to learn by doing, so I would definitely recommend that that start using them. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you. I love that advice of starting small. And of course, it makes me think to ask because I work with early stage startups every single day. So if there's someone who's has a small amount of data, are they still able to take advantage of clean rooms? Is it, is it okay to use it with even if you have such a small amount of data? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of use cases that clean rooms enable. For instance, you know, some of the ones around, you know, improving the marketing campaign planning. So before even running your ad campaign, you can actually find the audience overlap. Like how many of your customers are active on a given platform before you decide to invest your ad money into, into that platform? Um, you can think of improving activation by being more targeted or, or measure the performance of ads. So all of these use cases can be done with, you know, you don't need to have a lot of data in order to understand customer behavior. So definitely something that can, that can happen. There's also a very common use case that we hear about is data enrichment. So AWS Clean Rooms collaborations can support up to five collaboration members. So you could collaborate with an external data partner. You can also invite a third-party data provider to the collaboration. And you can think of certain attributes that you may have about your customer, but others that you may really need in order to understand or target them in a more efficient way. So some of these use cases can really be relevant to a large number and different types of organizations, including startups and medium to large size companies as well. I love it. I love that all of these different use cases and specifically the one around marketing and advertising is applicable to pretty much every business. So really there is a use case, I would say that applies to either you're a small business, you're a large enterprise. There's at least a use case, it sounds like, that you're going to be able to use clean rooms for. Any advice, Encore, for people to get started with clean rooms? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing that I, I do with the products that I'm evaluating is to try them hands-on. And so we've built AWS Clean Rooms in a way that you can start experimenting very easily. The pricing is pay-as-you-go, so there's no charges for creating a collaboration, inviting a member. The only charges are for running the queries, and that is using a pay-as-you-go model. And we're generally available today, so please take advantage of that and get started using AWS Management Console. If you go to YouTube and you look for AWS Clean Rooms, you'll find a presentation from last December where we talked about AWS Clean Rooms at length, and I also did a brief demo. So that would be a good resource. And you should also visit our product page, aws.amazon.com slash clean hyphen rooms, and review the details and FAQs, and reach out to us through contact an AWS CleanRooms expert. We would love to hear from you as we're always listening and learning from our customers. And we're already working on a lot of cool and new exciting features and capabilities. 
So we'd love to hear from you, learn about your use case, hear your feedback, and, and continue improving. Ankur, this is really exciting. I think every person can at least relate to the marketing and advertising use case because every business needs marketing and advertising. But there's so many others that you went through as well. Thank you so much for sharing with us your wisdom today about clean rooms. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk on this topic. So yeah, it was, it was a pleasure. Thank you.